Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to 30-Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Bowler, and we are so glad you're here. Now, it's time to thrive. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minute Thrive. We're so glad you're here and joining us today. And today, James McDevitt is also joining us today. He's our Vice President of Human Resources here at MRA, and he's really here to discuss, give advice on career paths. So thanks for being here today, James. Thank you for inviting me. Excited to talk with you. But before we get started, we really want to start with a fun question. Mm-hmm. And as our listeners know, we're located in Wisconsin, and we had our first true snowfall yesterday, which was crazy. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you what your favorite thing to do in the winter, wintertime activity is. I actually love taking my wee Westie, our little pet West Highland Terrier, out for a walk in the snow. He loves the snow. He's white, so you can't see him very well. Yeah. But he loves when it's really deep and he's only got little legs. He jumps across the snow, and he loves hunting deer and squirrels and whatever's out there, he just has a great time. That's that's just <laughs> funny to hear a, a small little Westie hunting a big team. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Small but mighty. Absolutely. Well, that's great, but let's dive into our topic for today, and that is career paths, and we're gonna start a little broad. So can you tell me what the difference between an organizational career path and a personal career path is? Sure, great question to start with. They're definitely related. However, as the name implies, organizational career path is more Mm work-related and personal career path is more Mm personal-related. So you're looking at, for a personal career path, you're looking at development skills, uh, sorry, skills that you need to develop for yourself, maybe the softer skills, maybe time management skills, maybe dealing with people, managing people, leading people, getting people motivated, engaged, etc. Whereas um, a, a traditional organizational uh, career path would be more job related. How how do I want to? Maybe I want to be CEO one day. Mm-hmm. How do I become CEO? What jobs do I need to do? What skills do I need to learn? So the the personal career path also would include what do you enjoy doing? What do you like doing? Do you mm-hmm. like working with people? So you may want to consider a career with people mm-hmm. that would help enable that. Do you like building things? Yeah. Do you like working with computers? These are all different things that, that you would bring into either a personal plan or an organizational plan. Absolutely. And I would imagine that those two plans would kind of overlap at some point. They would. They were, they were inter- kind of they're absolutely intertwined. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not mutually exclusive at all. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, can we also talk about how you can find and really define your career path? Mm-hmm. How do you get started? Yeah. So, so this is unique to everybody out there in podcast land. Everybody is different. Yeah. Everyone has their unique talents, ob- uh, objectives, interests, personal circumstances. And the best way to start really is, is to think about what interests you, what, what gets you out of bed in the morning, what excites mm-hmm. you. And as I said earlier, if you love working with people, then you're going to think about a career within, within that field that enables you to do that. Mm-hmm. If you like building things or analyzing data to find, find patterns, then each to their own, everybody's different. Right. So every career path, by definition, will, will be different depending on the individual. Right. And then once you find what excites you and what interests you, research the types of jobs that are in those fields that will enable you to mm-hmm. fulfill that passion. 
um, know the requirements and know the requirements for the roles. Do you need a, a degree, for example? If you do need a college certificate, a college degree, what in? Right. Um, mm -hmm. Is it a, is an associate's degree sufficient? Do you need a full bachelor's degree? Do you need a, a postgraduate degree? What about certifications? What about experience? Um, these are all the things to think about. It's all great. I, I love working with people. Yay. Um, but what does that actually mean? And, and right. what what do I need to do to build my my um, experience to make me employable in, mm -hmm. in that field? Absolutely. Um, and the other thing I would say is you can you can do it at any time in your life, at any time in your career. We're not all defined by what we decided to do when we were 14 and met with our school careers counsellor. Mm -hmm. um, some people just drift into work and drift into school and they find a career and they land on their feet and everything's fine. Mm -hmm. So other people do that and then 5, 10, 15 years later they go, I don't really want to do this anymore. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You can, you can um, change your career at any time. Mm -hmm. um, you can define your career path at any time. I actually did something like that in my mid to late 20s where I wasn't particularly satisfied in the role I was in and I sat down and thought about what do I really want to do when I grow up mm -hmm. and I decided what I wanted to do which was which was different. I decided I did the research well what do I need to get into that field I needed to get some qualifications so I went to night school I got the qualifications I switched career and here we are yeah. a number of years later. Yeah, that's a that's a great example to bring up, and I like how you kind of emphasize that a career path doesn't have to be set in stone; mm -hmm. it can change. Absolutely, and um, it's unique to everybody. Mm -hmm. and, you know, depending on what they like to do, and um, maybe something they want they want to test out. Yeah. But moving on, can you talk a little bit more about core competencies mm -hmm. and Absolutely. how this really relates into career paths? Absolutely. So, core competencies are really the key skill sets that you need to do a job, um, whatever they may be. They can be technical by nature, i.e. you need to learn a skill to do a specific task, or they may be a little bit softer, such as the ability to do a podcast for MRA. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I think that that's a pretty tough skill. <laughs> In a previous organization, and I think this is a good example of how core competencies work, uh, the previous organization, which was a, a research facility, we, we identified core competencies for our technical staff. And we have different types of researchers that require different types of skills. Um, but we identify four key core competencies that if you're a technician, if you need, if you learn how to do these four competencies, you could actually work in any of the research fields. And so we, we established the four key competencies and everybody was trained on those four key competencies, core competencies. Yeah. That meant that they could work across the organization as and when needed, which made it more interesting for them because they were not doing the same thing day in and day out. And yeah. from an organizational point of view, made, made it much more flexible. Absolutely. We then identified further key core competencies in each of the specific research fields. So if you were gonna specialize in research X, then you got training on the additional core competencies in X. So that helped develop someone's skills, someone's expertise, and obviously met our, at that time, our, our customer needs by having skilled technicians work on their project. Absolutely. So we talked a little bit about just career paths in general, but what about non-traditional career paths? Is there anything else you want to address with that? Sure. So a non-traditional career path could be defined as something that is traditionally uh, filled by a, gen a specific gender. So for example, engineering is 
traditionally identified as a male profession. So if a, if a woman wanted to go into engineering, that would be considered a non-traditional. Mm -hmm. Likewise for men and nursing. Nursing is considered a traditional uh, female uh, profession. So if you were a man wanting to be nursing, that would be a non-traditional role. Um, it also expands beyond that. It could be an individual who decides to follow their passion mm -hmm. in a different way. So instead of working in finance or working in HR, you might want to, to do something completely different. Right. Uh, and, it's, and especially with the younger generations these days and, and the, the, the advance of the internet and technologies and the gig economy, etc. There's a lot of people out there following non-traditional career paths, being, being an influencer, um, traveling the world and, and recording video and getting sponsorship and, mm -hmm. and all that kind of good stuff. So, so not everybody needs to be in finance or HR or be an engineer. There is certainly these days a lot of non-traditional career paths out there for people. Mm -hmm. the, the key again is, is find, what in, find what interests you yeah. and follow your passion. Yeah, and we actually have a non-traditional um, candidate podcast coming up. And Great. Just the import, importance of tapping into those non-traditional mm -hmm. candidates. Absolutely. Too. So can you talk a little bit about the difference between career paths and career ladders? Mm -hmm. Sure. So a career ladder, we'll start there, is mm -hmm. The traditional, very specific, like the rung of uh, rung of a ladder, you go from one, two, three, technician one, technician two, technician three, mm -hmm. for example, fairly straight as a ladder is, and it's all very linear. Um, a career path is is broader, right. broader by definition. Um, it can include um, a comprehensive career path. Path may include promotions, but also lateral moves. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll touch on this in a minute, but. A previous organization I worked with was very keen on promoting broad career paths, um, which meant, so you're not necessarily going to go from one to two to three. You're going to be looking at what skills do you need to learn in order to progress within the organization, in order to add value to the organization. And that may mean a lateral move. Mm -hmm. It may mean a temporary assignment somewhere, learning a different part of the business. Uh, so a broad a career path is much broader than a much more strict Ladder. Mm -hmm. And then going off of that, what is the difference between a career ladder, which we just talked about, mm -hmm. and a lattice? Right. So a, a new term for me anyway <laughs> recently, um, but it's pretty much like what I said in terms of a broad career path. It, it's think uh, Many people think a linear career path, as I said, one, two, three. Um, mm -hmm. But the lattice is more of a zigzag approach. Mm -hmm. You can go sideways. In order to move forward, you can go sideways. You can learn new skills within the organization. Um, as I said, in the previous organization I was in, that was the way to advance yourself. It was mm -hmm. very few people went one, two, three, and that's it, you're good. You really were encouraged to learn different parts of the business. Right. You were encouraged to learn different skills. Temporary assignments was, were encouraged. It was a global organization. Overseas assignments were encouraged. Mm -hmm. Now, that model is clearly easier to carry out in a larger organization where there are multiple opportunities. However, in a smaller organization, we should think about that as well because it's harder to do. You're not going to send somebody overseas if you've got three locations in Wisconsin. Right. But at the same time, you can also be thinking about those three locations. If they're, if they're, if they're different products, for example, or different services they offer, well, if, if James is, is potentially a high, success, a high talent individual, with a goal to be a successor to a leader one day, well, sending James to the facility in the other part of Wisconsin for a year to learn that business 
right. could be a really good move. Mm-hmm. It won't necessarily be a promotion, it won't necessarily be more money, but I would be learning something valuable for the organization and developing my skill set at the same time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, like you just said, it depends on size of the company, your career path, your personal career path, your mm-hmm. goals yeah. and intentions, whether you take a more lateral move or mm-hmm. you do a ladder like you just yeah. talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how does making employee development a priority benefit the organization as, as well? So I, I think this is a, it's a no-brainer, really, from an organizational point of view. Uh, the cliche is true. If an organization doesn't develop and doesn't grow and doesn't evolve, it will eventually stagnate and mm-hmm. probably die. And there's lots of companies out there that we could quote that unfortunately have carried out that business cycle. So how does a company evolve and how does a company grow organically? It grows through its people. Mm-hmm. And if the employees grow and develop new skills, improve their experiences, bring new ideas to the organization, whether they learn internally or they learn from external means, they're bringing those ideas to the organization that can lead to new product development. It can lead to new efficient, more effective processes. Mm-hmm. It can improve the bottom line. It, it could improve the, the commercial side of the organization. And the company continues to evolve as the employees continue to evolve. The two go hand in hand. It's a bit of a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. And I think when it, um, in terms of just attracting employees yeah. too i think speaking on the young, younger generation side <laughs> i think employee development is something that is just very um attractive when it comes to picking an organization it is it is there's, there's some people are very happy coming in and doing what they do and going home again and that's fine not i mentioned if you want to be a ceo earlier not everybody wants to be a ceo and that's completely mm-hmm. fine right however for many people they're looking to maintain that interest they want to come in, again they want to have a reason for getting out of bed and coming to work in the morning and doing the same thing day in and day out doesn't float too many boats. Mm-hmm. So okay. we're looking for, for employees to, to have an interest, learn new things, be curious, mm-hmm. to develop their skill set, to sharpen their saw. And that's where personal development comes in. And the win for the business is, as I said, if you're developing new skills and you're thinking of new ways of doing things, you can, you can improve a process and save time and money to get the product out the door. You can bring in new product development new ideas to go to market, different ways to market things. And that's not some entity known as the corporation. That's people that do that. It's mm-hmm. the people that work for you who are developing their skills, who are bringing new ideas and, and bringing new products to market. And that's how the company wins. Mm-hmm. That's a great point to bring up. So you are vice president of HR um, here at MRA, like we said. Mm-hmm. So what role does HR play in helping develop their employees Absolutely. and their career path? Absolutely. So HR, amongst other groups, such as the employee's manager, we all have a role to play. We are the coach, we're the mentor, we can, we can explain some of the things that the, the employee may not know about. But the key point I'd want to emphasize is that if we're thinking of a bus, we may help change the tires on the bus, or we may mm-hmm. advise where the bus should, you know, which direction. If you want to go there, you may want to go there first. But the driver of the bus is the employee. Mm-hmm. The employee is responsible for their own personal development, their own career growth. As I said earlier, everybody's different, everybody's unique. I wouldn't expect you would want me to tell you what you should do with your career. That's your choice, that's your decision. And it's based on your interests and your experiences and what you want to, what you want to get out of life. My role is to support you with that. Sometimes I can help you think of things you may not have thought of. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I can advise you. 
that you may want to think about that instead of this in order to achieve your goal is like the zigzag approach and you know I'm not I want to be CEO tomorrow well let's think about that for a second <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's where HR can be HR and and managers uh, and managers supervisors play an essential role in this as well and you should be having conversations if you're managing your supervisor where do you want to go how do you want to get there what what interests you what skills do I want to learn because the relationship between manager and employee is the most important relationship of, of any relationship. HR are there to coach, to mentor, to guide, to give additional information, to, to provide resources mm-hmm. and help you think about things you may not have thought of before. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you may come and say, I, I want to be, I want to do this. Any suggestions on how I can get there? Mm-hmm. And, and that's where HR can help. Mm-hmm. I love that analogy of the boss. I think that's a really good way to put mm-hmm. it. And you just mentioned um, resources. So mm-hmm. do you have any tools out there that can really help an employee mm-hmm. or an so, employer? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of tools. Some are, are, are self-evident. Mm-hmm. This traditional SWOT analysis, for example, is is a tool that can be used. You don't have to go online to do it. You, uh, you can just do it yourself. You don't have to pay anybody to do it. Mm-hmm. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses, et cetera, et cetera. Think about what you like to do. That's, that's a thought process, that's a tool. Do a pros and cons list. When I mentioned before, when I was younger and I thought, I don't really want to do this anymore, what do I want to do? I didn't do a SWOT analysis, but I did like a pros and cons list. Yeah. What do I like doing? What don't I like doing? Mm-hmm. And I went through the process and it was very helpful to help formulate, well, what, what do I really want to do? Right. And then the next step of the process was, well, what kind of jobs would help me do what I want to do? And then the next step of the process was, well, what education, experience, qualifications do I need to have in order to do that? And as I said before, that led me to going to night school for two years, got a qualification, and, and, I, and I took my career in a different direction. Uh, having said that, there are tests available, quizzes available online. Your organization may have access to some of those personality tests. You may have done them already. Mm-hmm. They are helpful. They are useful. They can help identify personality traits that you're strong in, maybe a little some that you may need a bit of development in developing certain parts of your, your, your skill set. So those are those are always helpful. And again, you can ask your HR department, is there any tests that we have or, or quizzes or, or tools that we have within your organization that, that you can do to help formulate and, and, and really build a, you know help with the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm good at this. I just did this test, and it shows I actually I am. Yeah. So what does that mean, and, yeah. and how can I move forward with that? Right. Well, you've given some great advice this episode, and as we wrap up here, um, do you have like a top three um, list of tips that you would give someone just starting their career journey or creating their career path? Sure. I'd start off by saying again what I said before. You can start or restart your career path at any time. And I'm an example of that. I, I was doing what I was doing. I didn't want to do it anymore. What do I want to do? And I went off and did something else. So um, I know someone who, at the age of 11, wanted to be a lawyer. And she is now, she made herself be a lawyer. And she is a lawyer. And she loves it. And she wouldn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Not everybody's like that. Not everybody knows what they want to do at the age of 11 or 12 or 14. And some, some people drift into, into jobs. Some people realize, actually, I drifted into this, but I quite like this. Yeah. I enjoy this. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's great. And some people, as I said before, might wake up one day and say, yeah, I don't really want to do that anymore. Okay, that's all fine. 
as I said before, everybody's different, everybody's unique. Mm -hmm. You can start or restart your career path at any time. So my, my advice would be, don't just think because you've invested 10, 15, 20 years in this career that you're kind of stuck. I don't, I don't believe that to be the case. Mm -hmm. The second thing I would say, and again, repeating what I said before, figure out what you like doing. What do you enjoy doing? Um, again, as a bit of a cliche, if you enjoy what you do, is it really work? Well, it probably is. It probably is work. Um, you still got to get up in the morning and you've got deadlines and all the rest of it. But at the end of the day, if you enjoy what you're doing and you feel passionate and you like the outcome of what you're doing, that is so much better. Mm -hmm. It is so much better. And if you feel you're someone that wants to make a difference in the world and you can go home at night and say, you know what, in my small way I did, that is a good thing. Mm -hmm. and, and last and by no means least, enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, life is too short. Um, if you can, find something you like doing, enjoy yourself, learn new things as you go, continue to be curious, mm -hmm. ask questions, no such thing as a dumb question, mm -hmm. ask lots of questions, learn as you go, progress your career, and who knows where you'll end up. And you're the driver of your own bus. And you're the driver of your own bus. <laughs> That's great advice. And Megan. you know what, you get to put the destination on the front of the bus too. Right. Or you can change the map. You or you decide, I don't want to go there anymore. I want to go somewhere else. That's fine, too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's a great wrap-up, James. So thank you so much again. That's all the time we have for today. Um, but we have linked James's email as well as his LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So shoot him a message if you'd like to connect. If you'd like the episode or found it beneficial, we do encourage you to leave a review, leave a comment, or subscribe on our website. Uh, we would really appreciate that. Otherwise, we will see you next week when we're talking about organizational culture with Lisa Pook, so you won't want to miss that. But thank you again, James, and thank we you. will see you guys next week. And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30-Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.